Malik Renault is a Hoosier, and boy, oh boy, does that sentence feel great to say. A day after his official visit with the Hoosiers, Renault commits to Indiana without taking any more visits, and his commitment means really big things for the program, gives the Hoosiers one of the top recruiting classes, not just in the Big Ten, but in the nation as a whole, and pretty drastically changes the outlook of this program moving forward. We're going to talk about all of that and what should be a really fun and exciting episode today. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Tuesday, April 19th. This, as always, is Locked On Hoosiers, your daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. Uh, Whether it's news that we'll have today, whether it's analysis, whether it's previews, recaps on all IU sports, basketball, men's and women's, uh, football, baseball, everything soccer, we got you guys covered. I'm your host as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers part of your day and specifically your first listen every single day. Uh, Reminder that we're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube where we premiere our episodes there at 7 a.m. daily. Schedule's changed a little bit. We're going to kick the player uh, season recaps uh, back a day because obviously the huge, huge news of the day is that Malik Renault commits to Indiana on Monday, uh, early afternoon, I guess. And a shock, honestly. We knew that he had visited the campus Uh, But he had two more official visits scheduled and didn't even go to those. He was so impressed by his visit at Indiana. So there's a lot to talk about. Uh, Just his quotes on the matter, his fit, what this means for the program. All those things are going to be topics we discussed today. First, though, as always, you can subscribe to Locked on Hoosiers wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Hoosiers. Malik is the number 28 recruit overall in the class and the second five-star recruit that the Hoosiers land, along with his teammate from Montverde Academy, Jalen Hood-Shafino. He's the fourth recruit in the class with Caleb Banks and CJ Gunn. Uh, It gives Indiana the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten, Uh, With the two five-star recruits, they jump ahead of Ohio State, who had four four four-star recruits. Uh, So the Hoosiers are not just number one in the Big Ten, number five in the nation overall. A huge, huge win for Indiana on the day. Uh, This gives Mike Woodson his third five-star recruit in barely more than a year. Uh, He obviously got Tamar Bates last year kind of. Um, I want to say almost out of the blue, lands him, uh, and then Jalen Hood Shafino and Malik Renault uh, over the last kind of uh, year during the season. Uh, and all three of them are going to be on the court together now next season, most likely. Uh, knock on wood, but um, Indiana is going to have a number of five star recruits uh, on the floor together. 
when the season gets underway. What's this re, uh, this commitment, I should say, mean? It's, it means a lot of things. It gives IU more athletes, uh, which is, I thought, something that they lacked last season uh, when they um, – when it especially became noticeable when it got into Big Ten play, um, just kind of the discrepancy in some of the back end of the rotation guys uh, that eventually fell out of the rotation, things like that. Uh, so it gives IU just more athletes. It gives them more talent. When you look at the UNCs, the Kansases, the Dukes, um, all your blue, bu- blue bloods, excuse me, that were in the Final Four, um, they just compile five-star recruits. And uh, I know there's kind of this joy in developing these three-star recruits to make them into something. But at the end of the day, you'd need guys like this, uh, these five-star recruits, to lead you, give you the talent to get to the title game and win a title. And the Hoosiers are starting to do that. It's not just a one-off IU lands a, a five-star recruit once every year, two years, uh, once every little bit. This is three inside of what is essentially a year that Indiana has uh, landed, and they're all going to be on the floor together. And that's the type of um, recurring success you need on the recruiting trail to start to make the change from being a team trying to get into the tournament to being a team that's a regular Sweet 16 uh, qualifier and fighting for the final floor and things of that nature. So these are step forwards that we said the program needed to make. Now, after making the tournament, they needed to build on the success and they very much have. I, listen, there might be a Montverde to IU pipeline at this point, which lands the Hoosiers a couple of big recruits this season. And there's a much bigger one uh, down the line in a couple of years as well that uh, it, we say that kind of tongue in cheek, but it, it is very, um, it's very real that like, this is clearly a program that Woodson has made inroads in. And now you have Kwame Evans jr. The number two recruit next season, who is a teammate with Jalen hood, Shafino and Malik Renault, who's seeing both those guys commit to uh, Indiana and it's going to resonate in some way. So, very interesting to consider that. We're not going to jump too far ahead. We're going to celebrate the moment right now. Uh, Malik spoke to Peegs and uh, gave some quotes there. I don't want to share all of them, but there were a, a handful of interesting ones. The main factors for why he committed, quote, the coaching staff and the players, they just showed so much love, the fans too, the playing style and Coach Woodson with him being an NBA player and NBA coach. He knows how to develop players. It was just the right fit for me. That NBA part, I think, is really, really important. And it is maybe an aspect of having an NBA coach come to college that we didn't talk a lot about. Uh, he has a lot of connections there. And we, we've we discussed it when talking about Trace and declaring for the draft and being in a really good position there. We're going to talk about Trace later in the podcast. But um, having those connections and knowing what it takes to be an NBA player that type of stuff matters to these kids, and it clearly mattered to Malik. On his visit, he said everything was amazing. The fans are crazy. They love Indiana basketball. It was the right place for me. I felt it when I first stepped on campus. Um, Jalen Hood-Shafino, like we said in Monday's podcast, he was with them. 
Uh, he was posting on his Instagram story, the pair of them together. I believe it looked like it was on Kirkwood. It was on campus or around campus somewhere. So uh, the two of them were taking in Bloomington together. Uh, he talked about what he wants to do when he gets to IU, develop my game, be able to help my teammates out, win the Big Ten and win a national championship. That's the type of aspirations you want your players to have. So um, I'm all in on that. I love hearing that. And I this is super exciting. Exciting is just the overwhelming feeling you have from this one because this is – look, I did not expect a decision this early on this. I thought he would take all three visits and then take some time to deliberate. And I was thinking – late April, April, early May. I'm very surprised it came this quickly, but it's a pleasantly surprised because it's the Hoosiers he ends up going uh, and landing with. And again, Mike Woodson is just knocking it out of the park. We've talked a lot about Malik just kind of as a prospect, as this five-star guy. What's his game like? Uh, I read up a little bit and uh, try to get a bit of a sense of what his game is like and how he'll fit at IU. And we're going to talk about uh, the roles he's, he may have offensively and defensively next season. Uh, first, though, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the MLB season. I watched a bit of the Sixers-Raptors game today uh, before preparing for this podcast. It's unfortunate for OG and Anobi because it seems like the Raptors are just a bit, a bit undermanned. That's a, it's a pretty good Sixers team they're coming up against, and they're struggling right now. Uh, nobody really to defend Joel Embiid. So it's going to be interesting now because they're going to go to Toronto. Obviously, um, home court matters, I think, a lot in playoff basketball. So we'll see if things flip. Role players tend to play better at home, too, so maybe OG is due for a big breakout game. Bet online, though, if you guys are looking to bet on uh, game three coming up or any playoff games uh, or the or the baseball season, as I said, bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about your trends or about the trends and action bet online where the game starts thanks again guys for making locked on hoogers your first listen every single day now for a big announcement starting thursday april 28th tune into locked on nfl drafts live coverage of the 2022 nfl draft they're going to have three days of real-time analysis uh, from an extensive lineup of experts and insiders that's the best part about the locked on network is that everybody, there's so many people that you're able to pick the experts and get the insight. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Odyssey and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It'll be up all week this week leading up to the first pick. You can find the Locked On NFL Draft live on the Locked On NFL Draft YouTube channel. The mock draft is going to be on Odyssey and Locked On NFL Drafts podcast feeds. Um, coverage of the draft, the live show, will start at 7 on night 1, 6.30 on night 2, 11.30 a.m. on day 3. The Odyssey mock draft, like we said, will be up this week and the 25th. 
as well. So be sure to get all of your NFL mock draft coverage from the Locked On NFL Mock Draft or NFL Draft uh, podcast. So how does Malik Renault fit onto this Hoosiers team? Admittedly, I took a, a, a lot of this, a, a good chunk of this from Trevor Andershock of 247 Sports of Peegs. Uh, he wrote an article today, just a scouting report on uh, on Malik Renault. And I, I just kind of took that and tried to apply the IU spin or the IU touch on that. The, the genesis or the basics of Malik as a prospect. He has really great touch, really great feel for the game. Uh, he is smart. He uh, gets into the right spaces offensively. Just a, a, a high IQ player that knows where he's supposed to be, knows how to find those little areas to get open, and just a good understanding of the offense. Uh, he's a strong rebounder. He's not necessarily a like a, a crazy athlete. He's not a Jordan Geronimo, but he knows how to use his body. It, he's a strong rebounder on both ends of the floor. And he's going to be impactful defensively, and it'll be in a number of different ways that we'll uh, break down a little bit. But he's not going to be a Trace Jackson Davis that defends the rim, at least not right away. Uh, but that doesn't mean he can't be impactful defensively. And uh, I think it'll be interesting to see what type of role he takes there. Let's start on the offensive end, though. As I said, he's not necessarily an explosive athlete. He's not long, but he really understands space. And that's something I, I mentioned when watching Montverde is that you watch him play and it's like, Oh, well, I haven't really seen him or I don't really, um, I don't remember him doing anything. And then boom, he had like 16 points and it was just on a lot of dump off passes and offensive rebound putbacks and just doing work around the rim that um, goes unseen a lot. Maybe is the best way to put it. Uh, it's not, you don't talk a lot about a guy who is just, open around the rim, but it's a valuable skill, especially when you're going to have guards like Xavier Johnson, like Jalen hood Shafino that are able to get to the rim, having a big that understands how to get in the right spot for a dump off pass is going to be really valuable. And I think he's going to score a lot of baskets like that this season, not necessarily a great finisher because he is an explosive or long, but like I said, his understanding of space kind of gets him the openings he needs uh, when he doesn't find space, it's it's not as great. He doesn't have just that explosive leaping ability to get over a, a shot blocker, uh, for example. Um, he does have great footwork, though, uh, especially with his back to the basket. He just has great feet overall. Uh, he's, he's strong and he's balanced, uh, and that footwork plays into both of that. Um, this was more specific to how he scored or how he played at Montverde. Um, said he scored through offensive rebounding, moving without the ball for drop-off passes around the rim, and the occasional post-up, which, as I said, I think is how he will play with Indiana. It's going to be interesting to see because you would imagine that one of uh, Xavier Johnson and Jalen hood Shafino, excuse me, is going to be on the floor at all times, which gives him a guard that can get to the rim and be there for those drop-off passes at all times on the floor, uh, whether he starts, whether he comes off the bench. So uh, I think that's a great fit for him early on. 
He's a good passer, and uh, it was not an aspect that he was used a ton in. So uh, he showed a lot of really good passing. It just wasn't – he wasn't given the opportunities to do that. So that could potentially be a way he can uh, showcase some value as well. When you look defensively, uh, he is his feet we talked about being able to move them well offensively uh that matters as well defensively helps him stay in front of guards uh he's not somebody that's going to be able to like constantly guard a guard or anything like that but if you're in a pick and roll and he gets switched out onto someone late in the shot clock he's not a traffic cone that's going to be blown by at all he's going to be able to stay in front of a guy like that and force a tough shot um he can guard some more slashing type of players maybe not your uh, your smaller threes, if it's like a three-guard lineup, he probably isn't guarding the small forward. Um, but if it's a bigger lineup with a, a slashing forward of some sort, I could see him on a player like that um, and able to move his feet well enough to stay with someone like that. But he also has a strong body and a strong base. He's not someone that's going to be a rim protector, as we said. He's not going to be your Trace Jackson Davis, but he's going to be strong enough to be able to go up against posts. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting dynamic uh, between him and Race Thompson. We know both those guys are going to be back, and I those guys are going to be together on the floor in some capacity at some point this season. Whether it's as a starting front court or not, we don't know yet, but... Um, seeing how those two kind of switch because it seems like there's a lot of similarities in race and Malik defensively. Um, there's obviously experience that race has being in his sixth year that Malik is not going to have at all. But in terms of physically race was somebody that could move, has quick feet and could stay with people. When you came up against a Maldonado in Wyoming there were a couple possessions he was able to guard him. Um, and I could see that being a similar type of path uh, with maybe a higher trajectory uh, for Malik is kind of looking at how, I mean, there were times race Thompson was taking guys out of the game. EJ Liddell struggled mightily against IU in the Ohio state's game in Bloomington. Uh, I think those are the types of players that um, Malik would have success against uh, this upcoming season as he kind of starts to build up his body a little bit. So he's going to be impactful. Uh, it's not somebody that's going to come in. Jalen hood Shafina is going to come in and he's going to have some big scoring games. He's going to have some big statistical games. Uh, Malik is not going to have those same type of performances necessarily. They're not going to be loud performances, but they're going to be quiet, impactful games. And those complement each other really well. And there's obviously that chemistry that Malik and Jalen have played together the last two years. So there's obviously chemistry there as well. What does this mean looking forward for Indiana? And obviously Trace, he's the big question mark or question mark right now. Uh, what does this mean for his decision? We'll talk. Of, I think you could lean either way on this, but it's overall great news for Indiana. So we'll talk about how this might impact Trace and just kind of some more general kind of implications of what this means for IU basketball here in just a moment. 
So obviously the big elephant in the room remains that Trace Jackson Davis uh, is still in limbo. He declared for the draft, and we don't really know what is going to happen with him now. Uh, He is going to go through the process, but uh, what we do know is that when we spoke, uh, I guess as recently as last week, we had no clue what the front court was going to look like. Uh, Trace was had declared. Malik was still kind of in the recruiting process. Race was still deciding what he was doing. And Michael Durr had transferred. And Logan Duncan was the only center that we knew would be on the roster next season. Now you have Race back. You have Malik uh, joining the program. And that right there is a starting front court in the Big Ten no matter what. So more than anything, this gives you insurance if Trace leaves. Because if Trace leaves, Malik is starting. And it's Race and Malik as your uh, center and power forward, and you move forward from there. Now, does this mean that Trace is on his way out? I don't think so at all. I think this is a matter of IU saw an opportunity to land a really talented player. And I'm sure they made it abundantly clear to Malik that, listen, if Trace comes back, he's starting and you're probably coming off the bench. And if he was comfortable with that, then, I mean, clearly he was to some degree because he came back. And there's an argument you could make that this would increase Trace's chances or uh, the chance of Trace coming back because if he does, if Trace is on this roster, you're talking Big Ten title contention and one of the best teams in the Big Ten next season. And that hasn't been something Trace has experienced. He didn't even experience a tournament before last season. So that is a whole different challenge that could entice him to come back. That if you come back, you're the last big piece, and uh, now we're a Big Ten title contender, and they're going to be ranked from day one in the top 25 if they have Trace. They're going to be ranked pretty highly. So uh, this really could change his kind of outlook on that as well. Ultimately, I don't think Malik Renault committing or not is going to have a huge impact on Trace's decision. Uh, I think he's going to decide completely independent of anything IU is doing right now. But it creates a lot of interesting what-ifs, honestly that we could discuss for a whole podcast itself. More than anything, it raises the talent level for IU, getting Malik. We mentioned that earlier. It lessens the burden on the starters. There were games where Trace was pretty much forced to play 35, 37, 38 minutes a night down the stretch because IU just didn't have the bodies to afford him time to rest and – um that will change now. Malik is good enough to allow uh, some of those bigs time to rest. Like that is, you can look at it just kind of plain and simple from that is that this is a guy that'll be be able to eat 20 minutes a night, probably as kind of a baseline and 15, 20 minutes a, a night. And that takes the burden off of a race Thompson of a, Trace Jackson Davis, who were relied upon so much last season. So, uh, I mean, you just look at that Iowa game in the Big Ten tournament. IU only went seven deep in that game. 
Um, so having a Malik Renault type of player that can come in and just give you a breather and give you impactful minutes that uh, weren't always there last season, uh, that's huge. And so overall, this raises the the talent level, raises the floor certainly of IU basketball next season. And IU might not be done because little nugget to throw in at the end here. John Rothstein tweeted, some of you might missed it. I did initially that Indiana has a visit scheduled with West Virginia transfer Sean McNeil for this upcoming weekend. Uh, it is one of four visits he's going to be taking. He visited Virginia on Monday and today. He's going to Cincinnati on Thursday, which ironically is where Rob Finnessy was on Monday evening as well. And then McNeil is going to be at Indiana and Ohio State uh, this weekend. He also said he plans to visit Louisville, but the date is to be determined. Somebody in high demand. McNeil is a floor spacer with NBA range. I know that is what IU fans are dying to hear is somebody that can finally knock down a three-pointer. He shot 38% on 333 attempts over the last two years. More than anything, he's somebody that is going to have the attention of a defense because he has the type of range and ability to knock down deep contested three-pointers. The catch is that he struggles pretty mightily defensively from what I read. I read the Athletics, Sam Vecini ranked the transfers. If you guys have an athletic scholarship and – haven't seen that yet that I would recommend go checking that out. But he was when he was at West Virginia, they had a game plan pretty severely around him. But Indiana has a lot of defenders that it could potentially work. Uh, and I certainly just would like somebody that could knock down a three-pointer on this team because it's been a long time <laughs> since we've had that. So uh, interesting to see the Hoosiers in the mix uh, for him. Maybe not surprising, but Listen, IU doesn't have scholarship spots now. We can perhaps talk about that in tomorrow's podcast, kind of update on scholarships. Um, I know the term everybody loved to use that I absolutely hated was creaning players. Uh, that certainly seems to be something that Mike Woodson is open to because he's recruiting for spaces he doesn't have available right now. And so something potentially might be in the works behind the scenes. I don't know, uh, but we're talking about what ifs that haven't happened yet. So I'm sure that's a problem. We'll figure out the solution to if it happens, but thanks again, guys, for making locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you tomorrow, maybe to talk some of those scholarship spots and then we'll do a women's bath or no, excuse me. We'll go back to the men's basketball team to do a, um, a individual season recap. We also have a special guest coming on Thursday to do the women's basketball team. Talk about McKenzie Holmes as well. So make sure you guys are subscribed if you haven't already. Now go make your second listen, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects in the NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you guys get podcasts. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. Like I just said, subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on any of the awesome content this week. Leave a rating and review if you have not already. It helps us out a ton. 
Most importantly, though, guys, everybody have a terrific, terrific Tuesday. And LEO.